Welcome to KJV Cafe, where we explore great truths from God's holy word in a simple, down-to-earth fashion. Romans 10:17 shows us where faith comes from. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's grow our faith together in the cafe today. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. Grab your Bible and a hot cup of coffee or tea and join us now as we explore God's holy word. Welcome to the cafe today. Today we are talking about the downfall of King Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, David's son, the builder of the great temple of God, uh, one of the temples of God, amen, Solomon's temple. And we're in 1 Kings chapter 11, and this is dealing with the downfall of Solomon. And I'm kind of getting right to it because there's a lot of scripture here. But King Solomon loved many strange women together with the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites and the Ammonites and the Edomites and the Zidonians and the Hittites of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, ye shall not go in them, neither shall they come in unto you, for surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clave unto these in love. And he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. For Solomon went after Asheroth, the goddess of the Zidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Amorites. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and went not fully after the Lord as David his father. Then Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, in the hill that is before Jerusalem, and for Molech, the abomination of the children of Ammon. And likewise did he for all his strange wives, which burnt incense and sacrificed unto their gods. And the Lord was angry with Solomon, because his heart was turned from the Lord God of Israel, which had appeared unto him twice, and had commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after other gods. But he kept not that which the Lord commanded. Wherefore the Lord said unto Solomon, For as much as this is done of thee, and thou hast not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded thee, I will surely rend the kingdom from thee and will give it to thy servant. Okay, let's take a step back here and look at this because this this still grieves me to this day to read this. I love Solomon. I love reading First uh, Kings. I love um, the idea that Solomon asked God for wisdom. I never thought to ask God for wisdom until I read First uh, Kings and understood who Solomon was. I just thought, okay, God gave me the brain he gave me and that'll be it. And as I read first Kings and I saw how Solomon was so humble and that he asked God, well, God, I don't know how to lead these people. I don't know what to do, but you do. Will you give me wisdom? And it pleased the Lord. And ever since then, I, I try uh, to ask God for wisdom often. And I see the fruit of that in my own life. Not that I'm uh, incredibly wise by any means, but just that God's provision, his protection, decision-making, understanding that his ways are not the world's ways. All of those things come from godly wisdom and discernment. 
And so I see Solomon as such a strong biblical character, and he's so wise. And as you go through 1 Kings, you get in there, the end of David's reign in 1 Kings 1, and Solomon kind of coming up through the ranks in 2 and 3, and he's going to build the temple, and he builds this beautiful temple to the Lord, uh, and he has his own house, which is also beautiful, and he is... uh, doing great things and honoring God. He even uh, almost preaches a sermon there in 1 Kings uh, to God himself and in front of all the people. And he's praising God and he's offering these great sacrifices and he's, he's just growing in the Lord and there's great fellowship there. And you start to notice a progression um, leading up to 1 Kings 11 because you start seeing that Solomon, he, he may have had a little bit of idle time. It looks like there was peace all around him. Uh, and you've got, um, you know, uh, Solomon finishing the temple. That's this big milestone. And he's, he's got um, Pharaoh's daughter and so forth uh, as his wife. The queen of Sheba comes and is just praising him and is giving him gifts and so forth. And there's kind of all of this excess, right? He's got this big navy uh, the Bible speaks to, and he's, he's got all of these great imports, which I can't even imagine how valuable they were. Uh, and the Navy would be bringing him in and everyone's bringing him gifts. And you start reading this and you start thinking, you know what, it'd be pretty easy, even for the wisest man in the world to kind of become intoxicated with this life and become comfortable and become um, um, self-reliant and become uh, in love with the things of this world. And, you know, you just see it leading up to 1 Kings 11. And then you get to our text scripture in 1 Kings 11, and you see it starts with but, a capital B, but. But King Solomon loved many strange women. Hmm. But, and so despite all of these blessings, despite all of this uh, richness that God had bestowed upon King Solomon um, and giving him the honor of building him a temple, and despite the fact that the Lord uh, had spoken to Solomon and told him, you know, look, if you'll follow me, right, if you'll live by my statutes, then you will do fine and you'll be, uh, you, you and your line will be on the throne forever, but I will take this away uh, if you don't obey me. And so we see here, uh, you know, that, that, that God wasn't kidding when he made that remark. Let's look uh, at 1 Kings 9. And it came to pass when Solomon had finished the building of the house of the Lord in the king's house and all Solomon's desire, which he was pleased to do, that the Lord appeared to Solomon the second time as he appeared unto him at Gibeon. And remember, Gibeon is where the Lord appeared unto Solomon after those thousand sacrifices and Solomon asked for wisdom. Okay, so now here's the second time the Lord appears to him after he's done everything that he, he had put on his heart to do. Uh, in verse 3 of uh, 1 Kings 9, And the Lord said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and thy supplication that thou hast made before me. I have hallowed this house which thou hast built to put my name there forever, and mine eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. And if thou wilt walk before me, as David thy father walked, in integrity of heart and in uprightness, to do according to all that I have commanded thee, and will keep my statutes and my judgments, then I will establish the throne of my kingdom upon Israel forever, as I promised to David thy father, saying, There shall not fail thee a man upon the throne of Israel. But, this is verse 6 of First Kings 9, If ye shall at all turn from following me, ye or your children, and will not keep my commandments and my statutes which I have set before you, but go and serve other gods and worship them, verse 7 is the consequence, 
Then I will cut off Israel out of the land which I have given them, and this house which I have hallowed for my name will I cast out of my sight, and Israel shall be a proverb and a byword among all people. And he goes on, God, the Lord goes on telling Solomon what will happen. Now, why would God give Solomon this warning? I mean, think about it. Solomon is, is being very blessed. He's built the temple. He's done the, you know, everything is going great. God's giving him this warning because God can see the future. God has foreknowledge. There's nothing that is beyond God. God understands past, present, and future. He transcends time as we know it. So God is telling Solomon, basically forecasting what's going to happen. And what is Solomon to do? Is he to obey the Lord? Well, you would think so. But again, go back to this idea of being intoxicated with, because uh, right after the Lord speaks to him, the queen, uh, queen of Sheba comes and is just so impressed and gives him gifts and everything is going good. And then we get to 1 Kings 11 when things are not good. And he gets together with these foreign women. Uh, women of the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Edomites, the Zidonians, and the Hittites. Now, if Solomon is getting together with these women that are not uh, of God's chosen people, is he not violating what God wanted him to do? Because after all, the Lord desired the Israelites to go into Canaan land and possess it and get all of these other people out because of their strange gods. Uh, verse two of first Kings 11 of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, ye shall not go into them. That means you shouldn't be with them, marry them, etc. Neither shall they come in unto you for surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clave unto these in love. So he fell in love with these foreign women and they brought him to their gods. And there was, I guess a thousand in total, 700 wives, princesses and 300 concubines and his wives turned away his heart verse 4 of first kings 11 for it came to pass when solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods and notice that when he's old and he's weak and that's when the devil's going to come when you're tired when you're weak uh you know when you're ignorant whatever it may be but when you're compromised the devil is going to come and trample down and he was able to do it to Solomon and get him away from the things of God and the ways of God and get him focused on things that were an abomination to God and here Solomon loves the Lord and yet is drawn away and this should be a lesson for us to teach us that no one uh, is wise enough to resist temptation and no one is wise enough to be wiser than God and no one is able to to uh, live in the way that they want to live uh, and still be godly, right? Because if you live the way you want to live according to the flesh, if I think about someone that's got hundreds of wives and concubines, they're clearly living according to the flesh. They want the praise. They want all that comes with it. Amen. And uh, I've got one wife. I can't imagine even having two. Amen. That one, that one is plenty for me. Uh, and so I can't imagine all that came with all those wives and concubines. But nevertheless, they took him away to false gods. I mean, can you think of anything worse for the king of Israel than to be yoked up uh, with these women, these foreign women? And this is exactly what God had warned the Israelites to stay away from as they went to occupy the Canaan land and to wipe these people out. And here we have uh, just one generation away from David, all of this happening. And so it teaches us very important lessons about the downfall of Solomon, about what it means for us. Um, 
you know, again, the age being being weak in old age, right? That we have to be very careful and guard ourselves when we are weak, whether we're sick, whether we're tired, whether we're stressed. That's when great sin can come upon us. Uh, and the progression that this started before, uh, really, it's written in in First Kings eleven. It started before then, right? Amen. The progression, and we need to see that God is paying attention. Because God, uh, it's mentioned in the scriptures that God had spoken to Solomon twice. You think God forgot the warning that he gave to Solomon? Surely he didn't. So how do we apply this to our lives? We need to focus on being sold out for God and heed his warnings. In other words, we need to fear the Lord. And when he tells us to watch out, when he tells us to, to depart from the unclean thing, uh, to cleanse our hands as dirty singer, sinners and to draw nigh to him and he'll draw nigh to us. When he tells us not to have idols in our heart as little children, we shouldn't have idols in our heart. When he tells us to make him Lord, when he tells us uh, that if we love him, we'll, we'll, we'll follow his commandments. Uh, when he tells us to spread the good news and share the gospel, when he tells us that he's coming again soon and his reward is with him, we should pay attention to these things. We should apply them to our heart. We should become um, on fire for God by reining ourselves in and being sober, right? Being, uh, being ready for these attacks, understanding that they're prevalent and they're everywhere and that we need to be on guard because clearly if Solomon was the wisest man to ever live, then that's not us. Amen. So if he was taken uh, in a snare and in a massive trap that led to his downfall, certainly it could lead to ours if we are not careful and if we're not super careful. And, and, you know, yes, you can dive deeper into the passions that tempt us and, and when, um, when lust is, you know, when it's conceived, when you go, when you give into your lust, you know, because it's not a sin to be tempted, uh, what can happen there? But what we need to do is get back to the Bible. Jesus was tempted in the wilderness by the devil, uh, and he quoted scripture all three times. And we need to be in the book and be guarded and realize if it can happen to Solomon, it can happen to us. So we better be on guard and be ready for whatever the devil is going to throw our way so that we can then uh, stand firm and strong for God in these last days, when so many are falling away, we can say we love Jesus Christ in word and in deed. We love Jesus Christ in word and in deed, and God will bless us. Thank you for listening. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of KJV Cafe. Have a question for Pastor Clark? Email him directly at clark at enduringpromise.org or visit kjvcafe.com and click the envelope button on the homepage. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. We'll close today with Psalm 119 verses 166 through 168. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee.